0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. And therefore the wine would burst the wineskins, Jesus said, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. He says new wine must be stored in new wineskins. There are two things here in this passage that Jesus tells every single person, every one of us, listen to me this morning, don't think that, well, I'm not really a follower of Christ. Well, I don't go to church anywhere. So this is part I can tune out in. Why don't you listen in and see if maybe God today has arranged for you to be here because there's something he wants you to get for your life. Maybe you think God's a long way off. You might think to yourself, well, you know, God and I, we're kind of like, we're distant, very distant relatives. I talk to God only when I'm really, really desperate. But you know, the Bible says that God loves you and wants to be close to you. And so Jesus is giving us a lesson for life. He's not trying to tell us about just something small called church life. It's for all of our life. And he tells us here that God wants to give every single one of us something new and fresh in our life. That's the new wine. There's more than what you've got right now. There's more than what you've experienced right now. There's far more than what you've ever had in your life. God's got plans for your life to bring something fresh and something new there. But he tells us as well The God side is, I'm going to send something fresh in you. My side is, Jesus said, you need to be prepared so that you're able to retain it and then pass it on to the others that God wants you to bless. So I'm not only going to receive something, but if I'm not prepared for that, then how can I possibly retain it? Without new wine, structure though is irrelevant. If all we're doing is being busy and strategizing and dreaming. But if God doesn't breathe on it, listen to me. Some of you here have got dreams. Unless God breathes on the dream, all of your plans mean nothing. Unless God breathes on that thing. Well, really, you'd just be making a a daydream, as it were. But in the same way, it's no good at all if I've got a great dream and God does breathe on it. Without structure, what God does gets lost. And too often in the church, we have vacillated, we have isolated, we have some other related, gone between those two extremes. One minute we say it's all up to God, and I'm just letting God be God, and all that kind of stuff. Or on the other side of it, we think it's all about structure. Well, it's never either or it's always about the end. By the way, tonight I'm going to be introducing and interviewing Pastor Stephen Mohan about the new wine. He's got a tremendous story of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, coming from a, a background where he said, you know, oh, he didn't say it, but I guess it was just in the background that the day of miracles and the day of the supernatural had passed and then along came the Holy Spirit in a great way in his life. Anyway, that'll be tonight in the five o'clock service in the downstairs auditorium. But this morning, let me speak to you for the next 20 minutes or so on preparation and expectation. It's no use getting new wine without having a wineskin to put it in. So here's a few lessons about preparation and expectation for every one of us. Number one, the time to prepare is always before. The time to get ready for what God is going to do is always before it happens. Matthew 25 verse 1. Again, Jesus is speaking. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five were foolish. Five were wise. The five who were foolish, they didn't take enough oil for their lamps. But the other five who were wise, they took along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout. Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. But the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. But the others said, hold on. We've only got enough for ourselves. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside saying, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back and said, believe me, I don't even know who you are. You should be in here. So you too must keep watch for you don't know the hour or the day of his return. Obviously, this passage is about the return of Christ, that Jesus will come again. That he was born into the earth as a baby. But when he returns, he will not come back as a child that is fragile. He will not come back as a baby like these little ones we've celebrated today. He won't come back needing care, needing someone to nourish and to nurture. The Bible says when he comes back, he will come back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He'll have that written down upon his thigh. King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He will come So bright that he outshines the sun in all of its strength, Revelation says. He will come back as the one who sits at the right hand of the eternal creator of all that is. And he'll come to the earth and the Bible says every single eye on planet earth, however many billion there are, every single eye is going to see Jesus on that day. But you know, some people on that day won't be ready. Some people on that day go, well, I was going to get around to it. Well, I was thinking about it. The truth is the time to prepare is always before. Let me ask you a quick question this morning. What do you need to be doing now for your next season? Because see, some of you here are getting up to retirement age. And the only preparation you've made is a superannuation policy. But you haven't made any preparation spiritually for what your life is going to be like and what you go, God's going to call you to do in the next generation, in the next season of your life. Some of you here, you got little kids. You know, your family's established. But are you making preparation or, or are you just opening a bank account for the kiddies? Have you just signed them up for a school? But are you preparing yourself before you need it. So many people get their kids to the teenage years and go, oh my God, I don't know what happened. You know, I went to sleep with, with Jesus and woke up with the devil. Listen, start thinking now about the kind of family you want to build and bring. Amen. Come on. It, it doesn't start when they turn 13. It doesn't start when they turn 13. It starts when they're one. It starts when they're two. It starts... For a lot of people, it should start before they even have them. And for most people, it ought to start before they even find the person that's going to have it. Huh? You, you know what I'm saying? If your life's going there, why would you marry somebody who's going there? Just a thought. Are you with me here? What do you need to do now for your next season. There are people here and you know that God is calling you and has been calling you to serve him in a particular area. And you know, you're just waiting for one day for the, hello, Jesus calling. Now's the time. You know, it's like, uh, have you ever, you know, slept through the alarm? My brother once, my brother Bruce, he may listen to this, I hope he does. My brother Bruce is an engineer, was the national manager for a road making company in Australia as a hydrographics engineer. And uh, he told me one day it was getting to this time of the year, where you're not sure how hot or cold. And he slept through his alarm, so he put on his shirt, it wasn't even ironed, and he's the national manager. It wasn't ironed, but to cover it up, in the quick thing, he ironed the collar and then put on a sweater. Well, the day got so hot, it heated up all through the day. And everyone's going, Bruce, aren't you hot? Mr. Woodward, aren't you? Shouldn't you take your?" No, 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 it's fine. Thank you all. Yeah, I just. See, he wasn't ready when the time came. He wasn't ready for what he needed to be doing in the next season of his life. And there are people here, and I know I'm Speaking this, not because I know you and I've heard your story, but because the Holy Spirit is impressing me that there are people here and God's calling you and you're going to start getting ready now, not when the knock comes. Here's the second thing that we learn about preparation and expectation is that your preparation reveals your expectation. Show me how you're preparing And I'll tell you what you're expecting. At the end of last year, the Holy Spirit spoke to us as a church here at Metro that this year, 2018, was going to be a year of beginnings. Exodus 12 verse 2, this month shall be the beginning of months to you. And that was a word from God. If that language is strange for you, Trust me, God speaks, God leads the church. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. We expect in this church that God will lead us. We don't expect to be led by the cleverness of Jeff or, or Hayden or Jeremy or Leo or Bruce or anybody else in the place. We expect to be led by the voice of the Holy Spirit to us. And so when he spoke that to us, we knew that God was telling us to get ready for fresh things, for change And for increase. And so this entire year, every single week, some of the senior staff have got together. And if you were in the conversations, they are all about preparation. Huge amounts of prayer and huge amounts of thinking and huge amounts of planning. The yes text that has been a blessing to now nearly 200 people. That are getting that. The one I got this morning, what a great word that was this morning. Let me just pull it up because it just comes on your smartphone and it says this this I'm up to the how many are we up to now? 21. This is the 21st series after the first thirty days. You can opt out any time. I just kept liking them. It says your current situation may not immediately change, but your thoughts can. If you focus on God and not on discouragement, help is but a prayer away. Lamentations 3.24, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore will I wait for Him. Well, that all came out of praying and out of thinking and saying, God, what does the future look like? Let's start getting ready now in the 21st century for a generation that don't think like people did 30 years ago. And what a difference that has made. The host team changes that we made recently. Uh, even the changes I've announced with the balcony. All those things, our new website, all of that stuff, and a few more to come, by the way. Uh, everything in our church like that is about saying, God, if you are telling us you're giving us a new beginning, then we have got to think differently about the way we've done life as a church. There are core things that never change. We will continue to have number one as our love for people that don't know Christ. We will still say we are here to reach lost people. We still say we're here to help people believe so that then they can belong and then they can go on the journey to become who Christ has meant them to be. There are things like that, our church care. We are not a church of attenders. We are not trying to build the biggest crowd We we want to disciple people. And there's so much again going on as we take seriously the word of the Lord to us and begin preparing because our preparation reveals our expectations. Don't tell me what you believe God's going to do. Tell me what you're doing now to get ready for what you believe. You know, when I was about... 19, I gave my life to Christ, was baptised in the Holy Spirit. I walked into a building, was probably about this size crowd, maybe a bit bigger. There was a man I did not know, standing up on the platform, doing what I'm doing, speaking. And I did not know anything really much about hearing God, but something inside of me, when I walked into that space, I heard, well, I thought, but it was more than a thought in my head, it was kind of in my heart. And I heard this voice say, You're going to do that one day. Well, what do you do to begin to prepare? Now, don't laugh when I tell you this. But I used to preach to my windscreen when I was alone in the car. I would preach sermons. I'm sure they were terrible, but I began practicing, I began preparing for what I believed God wanted to do. I used to take the Bible and a big Strong's Concordance because we never had smartphones. It would have made it so much easier. And I'd get my sleeping bag and I said to the pastor, can I, can I come and pray all night? Because I read in the Bible, that's what the Apostle Paul did. And I thought, well, he turned into an apostle, so heck, maybe it might work for me. So I went there to pray and I took my big Bible and my, my big concordance and my sleeping bag and a pillow and I bunked down in the church and I'm going to pray all night long. I woke up at about 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> stiff from sleeping on the just the carpet. But I thank God for every one of those moments where I was preparing. I thank God for all the times I was driving four and a half hours out to where I grew up to visit my parents. All alone in the car late at night after having been in our youth outreach team till about midnight. And then start driving four and a half hours. And uh, I would be driving there and I'm preaching to the windscreen. And I'm saying to the windscreen, you need to come to Christ. My windscreen was the most saved windscreen. It never got hit by a stone, never got cracked. It was completely saved and safe. It was just blessed. It was the most, if you touch my windscreen, you'd get blessed. Well, I might have made that bit up. But I started preparing for what I believe God wants to do. Well now I'm no longer that person. Wouldn't it be terrible if I stopped preparing now going? (laughs) Yeah, mate, well, now you know I'm just cruising down the hill of oldness. Wouldn't it be shocking if I just kept on if I stopped thinking that I had a next season? How many people know you've got a next season? How many of you don't know you've got a next season? How many of you think it's a trick question and aren't going to raise your hand no matter what I say? Listen, turn to your neighbor and say, you've got a next season. Come on, tell somebody, you've got a next season in your life. You've got a next season. Now, if you've got a next season, here's the question, come on. I'm, I'm trying to help you today with something for your life. If you've got a next season, what are you doing to get ready for it? How are you preparing? Listen, sometimes the only way you can prepare for your next season is start making it a focus of prayer. Start saying, God, show me what I've got to do. All through my life, I've tried to listen to the Holy Spirit and, and discovered that so many times He'd start getting me ready before I became youth pastor. And I never thought this was ever going to happen The Radar. But every single night I felt an uncommon burden to pray. And when everybody else went to bed, I'd, I'd be praying and seeking God. And I just thought it was just, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I just thought it was something random. Little did I know that a few months later, suddenly, I was going to no longer be in the role I was in. I was going to be thrust into leadership that I'd never, ever been prepared for apart from the Holy Spirit. So come on. Are you getting ready for what God wants to do in your life? Nobody here has finished. Just take it, just check. We'll just make sure no one's finished. Yes, I still have a pulse. If I have a pulse, I still have a future. Come on. Come on, you can give me a better amen than that. you got a pulse, you got a future. Come on now. This is not the dead church. This is the live church. Amen. you got a future in Jesus' name. Here's the third lesson I want you to get. Before you prepare your how and what, prepare your direction and your commitment. Before you start going, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I've got to get a new outfit. I've got to get a new hairstyle to go with my new thing. I've got to get the uniform measured up. Before you start thinking about that stuff, begin by preparing your direction and your commitment. Luke 9 verse 51, Now it came to pass, watch this, when the time had come for Jesus to be received up, that, watch this, he steadfastly set his Face to go to Jerusalem. Before he got there, he set his direction and he set his commitment level. First things first, set your direction, declare this is where I'm going. See, I choose where I'm going in life, circumstances, what others do. This has been the greatest the greatest single thing to change my life in the last i don't know how many years and that's this it's not about them it's about me it's about what i choose doesn't matter what you do you could hurt me you could disappoint me you can let me down but you know what i refuse to allow what you do to determine my life come on come on some of you are here come on listen to me this morning you've been broken and hurt you've been rejected you've been dumped You've been cast aside. You've been whatever. Please don't let somebody else's misstep become your detour in life. Don't allow somebody else. They screwed up. Why would you let them make the rest of your life miserable? Come on. We get to choose. I would say, declare today, I'm going to live a godly life. That's my choice. I choose my direction. It doesn't matter how much temptation, how much pressure. I choose to live a godly life. Now, am I perfect at it? Oh, no. I'm a bit like all of us. We're all wandering a little bit. Sometimes we're a bit more to the right than we ought to be, a bit more to the left. We don't always just walk a pure straight line. But decide today, prepare your direction. I'm going to live a godly life. To every parent here, decide today, no matter what you've done in the past, I'm going to raise a great God-honouring family. That's just what I desire. I choose that in Jesus' name. I'm going to raise a great God-honouring family to the best of my ability. Now, maybe your family has been so riven apart by so much heartache and pain that you might have contributed to or you might not have. But still, why would you think, well, that's happened so now I can't? No, you can choose your direction today. I'm going to raise a great God-honouring family as much as it is in my power. I'm going to honour God in everything. I'm going to put Him first in my life. See, they're all direction statements. And they've got nothing to do with what somebody else is up to. And they've got nothing to do with the circumstances of life. You might have just lost your job. But see, I'm going to put God first in everything in life. I'm not going to allow desperation and fear to become the drivers of my life. Rather, I'm going to say, God, I'm going to allow you. I'm choosing my direction. Second thing in that is you've got to choose your commitment before you need it. Set your commitment level. Most people, I find, set their commitment level low at the beginning, planning to ramp it up once they get a sign that it's going well. Huh? So they set their commitment level low at the very, very beginning. And then if any difficulty or obstacle or opposition or resistance comes, if there's any difference of opinion, any change in circumstances or feelings, if there's a problem or a distraction, then they're out of here. Why? Because they set their commitment level low. I believe that we've got to set our commitment level higher. Listen, Than the level of anticipated and unanticipated obstacles. Paul never said, "You know, well, I'm going to follow Christ so long as it works out okay and everyone loves me." And if I'm celebrating, I get a big love offering. The apostle Paul said, "For me to live is Christ; for me to die is gain." Listen, what what's your commitment level? What how big an obstacle do you need to bust you out of the will of God? Huh? What does it take? Something go wrong, a prayer get unanswered? I've heard people say to me, God didn't answer my prayer. My standard response is, what, only one? I've got about a thousand unanswered prayers that every single day I'm conscious of some of them. God, when and what? And when are you going to do this? Don't live your life at a low level of commitment so that a tiny weeny little uh, speed bump in the car park a broken fingernail. I broke my fingernail. God's not with me. A zit came up. I can't go to church. Just bring your zit in Jesus' name. Don't let a zit keep you out of the... How did I get onto that? Mercy, is that a good message? That, that's a great preacher right there. Don't, I can just see this going out over Instagram. Pastor Jeff said, don't let your zit keep you out of the house of the Lord. Got that one? Put that one up. But you know, I've met people, I couldn't go today because, uh, you know, I did this or don't look. You know, I sinned this week. Hello, you sin every week. (laughs) Don't you? I'm not talking about massive ones, but the scripture says if anybody sinned not in word and deed, uh, in the word, they're, they're a perfect person. I'm not suggesting we should be cavalier about it. I'm just saying, just come no matter where you've come from. Amen. Bring yourself into the house of God. Make decisions about your direction and your commitment. Regardless, I don't feel good. Well, so what? Let's just be people that set our commitment level higher than the level of the anticipated and unanticipated obstacles. John 16, verse 33. Listen to these very encouraging words of Jesus. He's trying to make you feel good. I'm putting on my encouragement, face. I just like the people who get the podcast to wonder what's happening in the silence. (laughs) Listen to these words of Jesus. These things have I spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. That means problems, folks. Huh? 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 Ah! (laughs) In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet walking together In fellowship sweet Walk, walk, in the light, loving one another till Jesus we meet, we'll walk. Walk, come out here, Ben, come on. In the light, we'll walk In the light, walk, go walk, yes. In, you can do the harmony. Walk no, I don't know the song, you don't know the song. That's, that's the trouble with the next generation. They've forgotten the real worship song. Now listen, and then you come to church and someone sits in your seat or worse, the pastor takes away your seat. (laughs) Pastor, you don't understand I've sat in this seat every Sunday for the last five years. It's molded to my body. (laughs) Your coffee comes out and they forgot your order. I'm never going back to that church again. Come on Jesus said in this world you'll have tribulation For some of you here Not getting a parking space is the height of it People are shocked when I I tell them We've got 13 car bays in this church And that I don't have a car parking space on a Sunday And they always look at me and go Where do you park? I go, wherever I can find one Because I set my commitment level Way higher than car parking and a broken string doth not stop you worshipping Amen Amen Amen. or your car breaking down or your mum going mad at you because you never tidied your room on Saturday night and you've got to get up mum cut me a bit of slack I'm worship leading tomorrow she goes yeah but take the rubbish out oh sorry I didn't mean to reveal your home life but Jesus said, you're going to have trouble. First Peter 4, 12, I'm finished in a minute. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is about to beset you as though a strange thing happened. It's not fair, God. I've just been serving you. Oh, God, oh God, oh God. Oh. And the Holy Spirit comes and says, don't think it strange as though a strange thing happened to you. Set your commitment level higher than anticipated and unanticipated obstacles. the last one here. Because Jesus tells us in Luke 5, you can expect new wine. So when it comes to preparation, expect God to turn up. Expect blessing. Psalm 119 verse 68, God says he is good and he does good. Acts 10 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power went about doing good. You can expect good, come on. When it comes to preparation, we don't prepare vainly. We don't prepare going, well, God, you know, well, I hope I'm good enough. I hope I hope I deserve it. Can I say to you this morning, listen to me. Come, please, team. Listen to me this morning. Nothing that God has reserved for you is dependent on how good you are. God says, I've got plans for you, Jeremiah 29, verse 18. Plans to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope. God says, I've got something good in store for you and it's not dependent on, you know, were you good enough that last week? And oh my goodness, if you hadn't slipped up, you would have got it. No, it's not like that. You can expect blessing. Expect, listen to me, as a church, we're expecting new wine. We're not just trying to organize and strategize and plan and think. We're saying, God, we're doing all we can to get ready because the real prize is not a glorious looking wineskin. The real prize is what God pours into it. The real joy is not that we organize a, a new ministry. The real joy is what God does through that thing. Come on, stand with me to pray in Jesus' name. Let's stand and love God together in the name of Jesus. I pray you'll get that. Take that. Now, you can get the, watch it on our YouTube channel. Just Put Metro Church, WA, I think. If you Google that, it'll take you to the channel on YouTube. You can watch that again. It'll be up by about Tuesday afternoon. You can get the CD of it. You can hear it. I would encourage you. Come on. I know this morning there are people here. I don't know who you are. I don't know your name. I don't know what it's about, but I know there are people here. And the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. He's been stirring your heart and saying, come on, get ready. And I want to pray for you this morning that as you start getting ready, God's going to bring the new wine for you in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for each other. Thank you for church. Thank you for family. Thank you for community. Thank you for one heart, one vision, one dream. Many different expressions, but Lord, we're grateful for the way you bring it to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that over these next months, as we continue to prepare to get ready, the new wine's brewing, Lord. It's already starting to get ready. The grapes are being crushed, ready to pour it into a vessel. God, we want to be a vessel for you in the name of Jesus. So help us today, Holy Spirit. Touch every life, every home, every family in the name of Jesus. You can look this way a minute. Please put up the Yes text slide because I mentioned before, this is a part of our preparation how do you reach so many people? How do you help people who come and go? And in the old days, you know, we would have run a new Christian's class and would have sat in the building. But you know, with people going now as much as they can, we realized we had to prepare something different. Yes, text has been that thing. It's, listen, it's been 200 people's starting point this year to follow Christ. That's not a small thing. That's a massive thing. 200 people this year have started by texting yes to 0488826392. And they've done it at all hours of the day and night. We get them at that Friday morning at 2.30. I don't know who's up at 2.30 on a Friday morning, but somebody was. And somebody remembered the number. Somebody said, I need to follow Christ. And they texted and started following. And every day they get a, on their smartphone one scripture and one prayer to pray. And for many people, and there's some that are actually here in the building and you started like that and now you're following Christ. You can do that. Come on. Listen to me this morning. You you might go, but Jeff, I've never been to church. I don't understand church. That's okay. We're not asking you to follow church. We're asking you to follow Jesus Christ. The one who died for you. No organization hung on a cross. No other human could have and didn't. But the son of God did, he hung on a cross and he said, I'm dying so your sin can be forgiven. All the stuff we we don't even believe exists anymore. We say, oh, it's just a naughty gene. No, it's not, it's called sin. It's called built into humanity. And we educate everything in the universe, but if we can't get rid of that, we can't change. And that's why Jesus died on a cross because he wanted to do something internal in you. He wanted to operate on the inside of you and fix what's on the inside. And only Jesus can do that. Your psychologist can talk to your head. Your mom and dad can can do a whole lot of stuff and thank God for that. But only Christ, supernaturally, can come in the inside and change you. And He wants to do that for you today. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for people here that have yet to begin a walk with you. Oh God, you're the God of mercy. You're the God of mercy. Oh, how you love us. 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 Lord, I pray today for people here that need to say yes, that today will be the day. They'll set their commitment level and their direction. So I'm going to become a follower of Jesus. We pray for them, God, that every step will be one where you will be helping them, strengthening them, building them. Lord, we promise you we'll do all we can to help them. And cheer them along the way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can text YES to You can go to the pop-up table at the info area and talk to them. Just say, all you've got to do is say, I want to pray a prayer. They'll get it. You can go to what we call the YES table, lower level of the auditorium, on the right-hand side as you leave. There'll be people there with smiles on their dolls waiting just to chat with you, pray with you if you'd like it. Give you free resources. A Bible if you don't have one. That'd be awesome. Amen. Can we just sing together one song just I want to go out of here going, Oh God, how hey, you love us. God, we worship you. I want to go out of here saying, God, I've chosen my direction. Life and circumstance, emotion, feeling, jobs, temptations, none of that's gonna choose my direction. I'm choosing it to follow Christ. Thanks, Ben. Just leave just once only before we go. Cafe will be open in a minute. You can go out there and hang around, get blessed, meet new people. Congratulations again to all the families. Thank you for coming. We appreciate it immensely. Come on, let's sing this.